are you offering your clients the experience they really want? Or are you offering them what you think they want? Join hosts Laura Gregg and David Partain from FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds as they talk with a variety of industry experts and advisors just like you about their latest industry research to help you develop the flexible mindset you need to rise above the crowd. During these difficult times, many investors are seeking ways to have an impact through charitable giving in their communities. Creating alliances with community foundations can help you provide guidance for your clients' philanthropic wishes and ultimately help you deepen relationships with your clients. In the past, foundations might have assumed control over the management of charitable assets. We're starting to see some changes to that model, however changes that may allow advisors to continue to manage charitable assets. And our guest today, Elena Pullen-Venema, will discuss some of those changes at the Sonovish County Foundation, located outside of Seattle, Washington. So I first met Elena when she was moderating an event that I spoke at with Quad A, the Association of African American Advisors. She was really passionate about the topic we were speaking of, which was focused on gender biases of high net worth executives. And since then, we've been trying to figure out a way that we could work together again. So I'm absolutely uh, delighted to welcome Elena to the Flexible Advisor podcast today. She's going to share some insights into how she and her foundation are helping financial advisors navigate their clients' charitable giving. And of particular importance She'll also tell us about what her foundation has been doing in terms of supporting and advancing racial equity, a tenant for the foundation long before the recent worldwide protests. We'll also talk about philanthropy during the pandemic and what advisors can do to help their clients. Elaine has been with the Community Foundation of Sonomish County since 2013. And as Director of Gift Planning, she works closely with individuals, families, and their accountants, attorneys, and financial advisors to help build tax-friendly charitable giving options that create meaningful legacies and grow philanthropy throughout Sonomish County. Elena currently serves as board president for the Sonomish County Estate Planning Council and is co-chair of leadership development for the Association of African American Financial Advisors. Elena has more than 20 years of experience in the nonprofit sector and holds an MBA in finance. She earned her Chartered Advisor in Philanthropy, CAP, designation from the American College of Financial Services in September of 2018. Elena, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Laura and David, too. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Elena, can we start off today by you providing us with a little background on the foundation so our listeners know and kind of what your role is within it? Of course. Well, just to give you a little background on the Community Foundation of Snohomish County, we were created in 2001 as a way to increase philanthropy in Snohomish County. Uh, We partner with individuals and families who create charitable funds with us, and those donors use them, use those charitable funds to support nonprofits and charitable causes they love specifically in their community. We also partner with wealth advisors, attorneys, and accountants by providing resources and options that help them help clients meet charitable legacy and tax goals. And that's really my main role at the Community Foundation is working with professional advisors. We currently hold 155 funds that total approximately $28 million in assets. 
Okay, I know this wasn't one we prepped you for, but does it really <laughs> rain up there as much as they say? <laughs> you know, it depends on the day. As my mother-in-law said when we first were going to move here from the East Coast, oh, honey, it just mists. Well, it, it was misting pretty hard this morning, I have to say. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love it out here. I really do. After growing up in the East Coast, I thought that there was no way I was going to possibly love living on the West Coast. Uh, but after about 13 years out here, it's really, it's, it's become my home. So I really love it out here, weather or no weather. <laughs> Well, that's a- and David, I'm going to try to outdo your corniness and say that Elena always has a sunny disposition. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Laura. Right back at you. Well, thank you, Laura. But I really didn't think mine was corny. I, I, I don't understand. Okay, anyway, in your prior conversations with Laura, you have highlighted the foundation's commitment to supporting racial equity. You know, we're in a, a very interesting time. Tell us about what the foundation has done historically on this front, and even if more is being considered given the recent events. Terrific question, um, David. As a person of color myself, my commitment and my experience with the importance of racial equity and and racial justice work has been a lifetime thing. Uh, From the time where I was tiny, some of my first memories are of talking about racial justice issues with my folks and my sister. So coming to work for the Community Foundation, it was really, it was really heartening to, to realize and to see the commitment and the growing commitment, really, commitment to racial equity. Specifically, about a year ago, the Community Foundation launched a, a formal organizational effort around issues of diversity, equity, inclusion. And so by formal, I mean really digging deep in terms of staff experience, staff commitment and learning, as well as board commitment and learning and really integrating it in, in, in everything we do, really. Really looking into how we can affirm and demonstrate our commitment in all of our program, whether it's internal work, whether it's external work, our community outreach, our grant making, our board and staff development, et cetera. To give you just a, a few concrete examples of ways that the Community Foundation is working to advance racial equity in, in our community, The focus on grants to local nonprofits serving communities of color and undocumented individuals in particular has really been an emphasis of our coronavirus response fund, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later, I think, in in, um, slightly more detail. We've made just around $1.4 million in grants to nonprofits and community groups in Snohomish County who are working to help community members overcome some of the disparities that have come forward really as a result of the coronavirus COVID-19. We really focused some of that grant making or a significant amount of that grant making to, like I said, target communities of color, understanding that communities of color and people of color have been disproportionately adversely affected by COVID-19. Another example of how we are are working our, our racial equity work into our, all of the work that we do, you know, my work with professional advisors my, we have my growing involvement with industry groups, such as the Association of African-American Financial Advisor that, you know, Quad A that Laura was talking about. That's an amazing group. And if there are, I have to say, if there are any African-American financial advisors listening and you do not know about Quad A, I truly recommend checking out the website. I can't say enough good things about Quad A. In terms of other work we're doing, in terms of, of advancing racial equity in our community, our work with internally, our working with everything our organization does in terms of 
diversity of vendors that we choose to work with, a diversity of our investment advisor. That's a, that's a huge push, but also as well as other individuals and firms that, that we partner with. A couple things. One, one I want to echo your endorsement of Quad A in the work that I've done with the, the organization so far. Everybody has been so welcoming and proactive in reaching out to me, and, and I'm building some really great relationships like the one that we have. So again, we'll have that link in our show notes. But kind of going off uh, what we had talked about earlier, I'm curious, you know, as you talked about the diversification of the vendors you're using, investment advisors, are you finding that advisors or uh, donors are coming to you and asking you about what you're doing on on the racial equity front? You know, great question, Laura. You know, we are more and more, especially with recent happenings in our country, while acknowledging that obviously racial justice and when work for racial justice and, and racial equity has been going on for 401 years in this country, that's with the, the death of, of George Floyd being so prominently in the, in the news lately that we really have, it's been on the mind of many more white people in particular than it has in the past in terms of, a pri- in terms of priorities for funding in our communities. And so, and so, yeah, thankfully, more and more people are really taking advantage of that raised awareness and looking to be proactive to fight for racial justice from that point of view. In addition to all of that, which is a lot, of course, we've all had to deal with the global pandemic, which you mentioned a little bit earlier. Can you give us some more detail around what Community Foundation has been doing in terms of supporting charities throughout this prolonged pandemic? Yes. No, of course. In early March, the Community Foundation of Snohomish County launched our Coronavirus Response Fund that I, I mentioned earlier. And the focus of that fund is is to support local nonprofits and community groups, specifically addressing the economic and social impacts of the recent pandemic. We, in our initial phase, our phase one of the Coronavirus Response Fund, we raised and granted out $1.4 million to address the immediate needs in the community. With, like I said before, a focus on groups serving communities of color and undocumented individuals and their families as well. We will soon start to deploy what we're calling phase two of of funding from this this response fund, and that will address the medium and long-term needs of the community, understanding that it's not that the needs of our community as a result of the effects of the coronavirus and of COVID-19, that there there are really some long-term effects that we're going to have to deal with. So we want to make sure that we're, we're there for our community, not just now, but in the future as well. And I, I read in the news today, I think the, we all probably knew it, but today it's official. We are in a recession, and um, it's always hard to say how long those last. So thanks for that. So, Elena, the goal of the Flexible Advisor podcasts are to bring insights to advisors that will help them deepen their relationships and actually grow their business We've heard you talk about a community foundation. How can a community foundation help them in that pursuit? Oh, great. You know, the Community Foundation's goal is really to help advisors strengthen relationships with their clients, because we know that relationships with your clients are the absolute most important thing in your line of work, just like relationships with our donors and, and, you know, and other folks in the community are the most important part of our work. 
We can be a quote unquote philanthropic back office, which I always use because one of my, our, my first sort of a trusted financial advisors that I start, that I worked with early on in my days at the community foundation sort of coined that phrase. And he would always refer to me as his philanthropic back office, but it's really descriptive of, of what we can do for wealth advisors and other, and other professional advisors as well by providing providing you with resources, options, and strategies that help your clients meet charitable legacy and tax savings goals. For wealth managers, we actually offer a special program that we have recently, really recently sort of gotten the, the wheels going on called our Independent Investment Manager Program. What that is in a nutshell is if, you have, if you're a wealth manager and if you have a client who's interested in opening a charitable fund, whether it's a donor advised fund, whether it's a designated fund specifically, with the community foundation, then you as the, the, wealth, the wealth advisor or the financial, financial manager, you can in most cases continue to manage those assets. And so again, you know, get, looping back to the, our goal is to help you strengthen your relationships with your clients. We're not in the business of taking clients away from people when it comes to managing assets, that our, our first priority is to help you help you really expand and strengthen that relationship with your client. And if we can do that by entering into a partnership with you as the, the financial advisor um, with your client's needs at the center, then, then that's what we're going to do. And two, it's even if your client does not end up using a fund or sorry, opening a fund with the Community Foundation of Snohomish County, I always try to emphasize that advisors should really still consider us a philanthropic resource. We can explain the ins and outs of complex gift structures that you might not be familiar with as an advisor, you know, whether that's the ins and outs of donating real estate, creating a, ch a charitable remainder trust, donating retirement funds, all sorts of different things. We can also help vet a certain, a specific nonprofit for you. If your client says, hey, I want to support this really great science and engineering program in the northern part of the county, but I'm, I don't really know much about them, then we can do that research for you. Find out hopefully that that they you know are a 501c3 nonprofit that they're crossing their t's dotting their i's all that kind of good stuff just so that you don't have to spend your time doing that work. Our goal is to increase philanthropy in our community, and however that happens, whether it's clients starting a fund with us, whether it's referring people out to to other nonprofits to other community foundations that really make more sense in terms of partnership with your client, it's a win for us because it it increases philanthropy. It strengthens nonprofits and community groups in our community. Well, you guys really do a lot, and you've probably made it really possible for advisors to maintain the management of charitable investments, which is really great. But are you seeing this across other community foundations? Yes and no. It's, a, it's, it's really a combination. It's no, what we've found in our, in, in our research that we've done over the past couple of years is that most smaller community foundations and we, I consider us to be as a small to medium-sized community foundation based on, on the, um, the amount of assets that we have under management being around 28 million, that, you know, for, for those of us in that, in that grouping, that there, there aren't a lot of small and even some medium nonprofits aren't really doing this independent investment manager, or some people call it outside investment manager or separately managed funds work with advisors. That said, many of the larger organizations are indeed doing that. So, you know, I've, I've gotten some great, some great resources, some great advice from you know, the Tacoma Community Foundation, for instance, the Seattle Foundation. 
One thing that sets us apart from the larger community foundations is we oftentimes, not, not all the time, but oftentimes the minimum for an investment for an advisor and their client to participate in this independent investment manager program is higher than ours. So our minimum investment to start participating in this independent investment manager program with us is $250,000. So your client needs to make a minimum gift size of at least $250,000 in assets to, in order to open up one of these funds with us. If that said, if they, you know, if they don't, if they don't go through their own specific investment manager, the minimum to open up a fund at the community foundation is $5,000 with the goal of it getting to be $25,000 over the course of five years. But, you know, we're, we're finding that that $250,000 really, we have not gotten any pushback from any, from, from any financial managers and their clients of that being too high. Um, and so we're, we're, you know, we're still in the early stages of it, but we're really finding that that, that right now really seems to be sort of a sweet spot in terms of, of investment managers starting this partnership with us. I've got to think that enabling uh, advisors to, or investment managers to maintain control of those assets is, is helping you further build re- the already good relationships that you have with advisors. It, it really has. And it's been, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that we acknowledge that the you know relationship building and building 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 strong relationships with clients is at the forefront of any relationship that you folks have, you, you know, financial advisors, wealth managers have with your clients, and likewise that in this in this work with professional advisors, that my priority and my focus is really that relationship building with those advisors, with our with with people and firms in our community that are providing these crucial services to to members of our community, whether it be financial management, whether it be attorneys providing legal advice and working with people on their wills and estates, or whether it be accountants in terms of working with clients and making sure that uh, the client is is meeting all of their tax goals as well as their charitable goals. It really, this, this independent investment manager program has really helped me as a professional and also the community foundation as as a resource in our community really step up our relationship with that group in particular of wealth of wealth managers because it really is a partnership and that's what we're all about and this has been a way to to really grow relationships on that partnership level with wealth managers we were speaking earlier about potentially doing this podcast um you talked a lot about the opportunity to build multi-generational trust and how working with a community foundation can help in that vein. And we know that it's the statistics, I, I don't, I won't cite them now, but we know a great number of, of children and spouses leave their advisors when a spouse or their parents pass away. Can you talk a little bit about how you're kind of helping some of the advisors that you work with in that multi-generational front? Sure. No, definitely. That's, uh, that's, that's actually one of, one of my favorite aspects of this job, honestly, is, is seeing sort of the, the legacy that donors are able to create, not only for themselves, but for their children and their grandchildren and the, the rest of their heirs. One, I, I can tell a couple, a couple of short kind of anecdote stories about a couple of our donors who have done just a fantastic job in doing this in terms of, of creating that legacy using their their charitable goals, their charitable giving. 
one of, one of our donors who um, actually was was one of our first donors to be involved in this independent investment manager or to, to express an interest in this independent investment manager program that I was just talking about is an individual who she used her inheritance. So, so she, her dad had recently passed. She had inherited stock from her dad and wanted to do something in his honor in terms of creating, creating, help, helping him and helping her and the rest of her family create a legacy, a living legacy really for her dad. What she did is she decided to create a donor advised fund where she and her three children continue to actually work together to make grants in honor of her dad as a way to just honor him. They, it's, it's, been, it's been a really great story. So her, her three children are adults. They have really become active and, and this donor in particular has really become active in not only choosing grants as a group, as a family group of, you know, what's, what, what's, what charitable causes are important to them, but also in really getting involved in the nonprofits. And so doing site visits for a number of the nonprofits that she has decided she wants to support through her donor advised fund. And that, that has been really great to see as well. And just in terms of kind of her increased involvement, not only by just, just having money go to her specified nonprofits, but to see how important that engagement really is for her has been really great. You know, another example is, and actually this is, this is one of my, one of my first, when I first started working for the community foundation in 2013, really before, before I had really, and we had really even developed the, the professional advisor program that I'm really, that, that I'm focused on now. When I first started working at the community foundation, I was a sort of a, a, a I, I like to say run of the mill, but I'm not sure if that can ever be the case, but a development director. So I, I was hired as, as a general development director. And so, you know, meeting with, meeting with, with prospective donors, et cetera, went up to the Northern part of the County and met with this retired, this gentleman who was a retired music teacher in the school system up there. You know, his, his wife had died unexpectedly, unexpectedly, sadly enough. And he had decided that he wanted to use the some of the money that they had saved for their retirement to start and to get, again, a donor advised fund, just support programs in music and in health and in, in a couple of, of other areas of interest that he knew were meaningful to his wife during her lifetime. And he's gotten his kids involved. I think his grandkids are now involved as well. So that's just, those are two examples of really typical examples of how people are creating a legacy how donors are creating a, a meaningful legacy, not only for themselves, but for their heirs too. I also want to emphasize, I think some people think, or some, oftentimes there's a, there's a misconception that people and families who create donor advised funds or who work through community foundation and create charitable funds are, are super wealthy or not sort of regular middle-class folks. And honestly, I would say a a good portion, most of our donors are middle class, are, you know, just say, as a great example, the, the gentleman, the retired music teacher, he's a retired music teacher, <laughs> you know, and I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, he's just has done wonderful things for the community and continues to do wonderful things. And he's, and he's not, he's not, he's not the 1%. That's again, being the daughter of, of two retired teachers myself, I understand the impact that's, generous people from all walks of life can make community foundations and the funds that we help donors create are are not are not for the, for the super wealthy we're about the only thing that that needs to kind of your t- people say oh well, well who's your typical donor our typical donor 
is a generous person who cares about their community, full stop. Regardless yeah. of, their, of, of their financial background, generous people are going to give. And they give in different amounts and they give in different ways. But that really, anyway, that, that's been one, of, one of, my, of my favorite things working for the Community Foundation of Snohomish County is that we do work with so many folks who are of modest and sort of middle ground means um, who are just generous and they want to support their community. And, you know, going back to the, the whole idea of relationship building, I mean, that's a, that's a perfect example of how an advisor can enlighten their clients. Because I, I would imagine as a middle class person, I, I, I wouldn't think of myself as somebody that was in a position to do something like that. But if my advisor, in the course of understanding where my passions were, what I wanted to do long term, could help me do that again, it, I think it takes that relationship, that advisor-client relationship to a different level. And when you can get the children involved, again, then you're building that relationship with the next generation, having that active relationship, which is very healthy. Exactly. You know, and, and in terms of kind of that, that long-term relationship as well, that what, when you mentioned in the introduction, Laura, that I have my chartered advisor in philanthropy, so my CAP designation from the American College of Financial Services and one of, one of the focuses of that program, I don't know if anyone listening has, has participated, but one, one of the, the kind of the, the focus areas that they want advisors um, and folks to go away with for the CAP is that role, playing that role of that trusted advisor. And so in really being part of a team, whether you know, you're, you're the, the philanthropic advisor and you're working with the tax advisor, you're working with the financial advisor, you're working with the legal advisor that really understanding that you're really, that you're truly part of that team. Well, you and I have another thing in common, and that is that I am the son of two retired school teachers as well. So Excellent. Yeah. All right. So yeah, they were, uh, they were generous people and um, they love to give back. So if you could leave advisors with one thing that you wish that they knew about community foundations, is there anything you haven't touched upon or one thing you wish they knew? Yeah, I mean, you know, just again, just to kind of reiterate that trusted advisor and that we, 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 want, we want what's best for your client. And like I said before, our goal is to increase philanthropy in our community. And we, we really see partnering with, with wealth managers, financial advisors, um, and other types of, of professional advisors as being a really, a really impactful way to do that. And so just to kind of reiterate that we're out there, if you are looking for resources on charitable giving, I really recommend you checking out our website, which is www.cf-sc.org. We have a whole section that's dedicated just to professional advisors in terms of resources. And, you know, give me a shout. I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn. Anything we can do to support you and strengthen your relationship with your clients as they strive to meet their, their charitable and their financial goals in life. So Elena, we have a national audience. And so I would imagine that most community foundations operate in much of the same way as, as yours does. And so I encourage you, you know, if you're listening, reach out to your local community foundation, if, if you don't have a relationship there already. Absolutely. And, and, and ask some of the questions about what Elena and Sonomish County Foundation is doing and find out if, if those are opportunities for you and your local communities. 
Exactly. There's a wide, wide network of community foundations across the nation and actually internationally too. But the, uh, you know, the community foundation world is vast and all, you know, all of us are just out there to increase philanthropy in our, in our communities and our country. I really encourage folks throughout the country to, to, to reach out to your local community foundation. Well, Elena, it's been wonderful to have you on today. And thank you for taking time out of what is obviously a busy time for you to speak with us today. <laughs> well, thank you for the opportunity. This has just been terrific. And, you know, I've enjoyed working and, and getting to know Laura so much and just really appreciate all the work that you guys are doing with your podcast and otherwise to support advisors and um, in our community. So thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. For myself and Laura Gregg, we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us on today's episode of the Flexible Advisor. Thank you for listening to the Flexible Advisor podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds or Northern Trust. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, Carefully consider the FlexShares investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. This and other information is in the prospectus and a summary prospectus, copies of which may be obtained by visiting www.flexshares.com. Read the prospectus carefully before you invest. Foresight Fund Services, LLC Distributor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Although we attempt to keep the information complete and current, we do not warrant that the content herein is accurate, complete, or current. We make no commitment to update the content herein. It is your responsibility to verify any information before relying on it. The content of this podcast may include technical inaccuracies. We may make changes in the products and or services described herein at any time. We provide you this information with the understanding that we are not rendering accounting, legal, or tax advice. Please consult your legal or tax advisor concerning such matters.